Have you got a child who is stuttering? Or you're not even sure if it is a stutter? Will they grow out of it? And what can I do to help them? You'll want to listen to this one. Let's learn, Mama. Hello, I'm Alex Tricolo. I'm a mum of three toddlers aged one, two and three, and I'm a very passionate speech pathologist. I've helped countless children to learn their first words and speak more clearly. But most of all, I've given parents like you the peace of mind that their children are on the right path and that they have the tools to help them at home. I'm a very calm, positive person, and since becoming a mum, I have sought out information, research, and techniques that allow me to be firm and yet positive with my own kids, and mostly to feel more confident when I make decisions as a mama. But hey, I'm not positive every day. We do have our days, and there'll be a good dose of reality thrown into every episode. So, I have a little motto. If you don't know something, mama, learn. And that's what I'm delivering with this podcast. Information from other passionate mums who know the research and techniques of their field inside and out and can share that with you. Because to be honest, who has time to do the research themselves? And we all know Dr. Google is not your friend unless you know the right questions. Welcome to the Mama Learn podcast. Hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode. Okay, mamas, let's learn about stuttering today. Stuttering is one of those things where you'll hear a lot of different advice and opinions like everything, right? I want to remind you straight off the bat that this is an evidence-based podcast. What I am telling you has research and experience to back it up. And if you like reading, I'll always be including my references. For this episode, it's all over at www.alextricolo.com slash too. And there's a little freebie for you there too. So stay listening so you'll find out what that is. Now, I want to start by busting a couple of myths that are floating around about stuttering. A lot of these have been around for many, many years and are being passed down by the generations. So let's do it. Number one, myth. Stuttering is caused by anxiety. In fact, it's the other way around. Stuttering will often cause anxiety, but it is not a result or a symptom of anxiety. Myth number two, stuttering is a psychological disorder. This is a myth. Many children and adults will need counselling and psychological support as a result of their stutter. But what we do know is that stuttering is a neurological disorder. Myth number three, stuttering is caused by emotional trauma. You will often hear that many children, and this comes from a lot of adults who have stutters, that they had some sort of trauma as a child 
and then they started stuttering. But what we know about stuttering is that it is neurological. So for most cases, it was actually already there. And this trauma resulted in it coming out. So it wasn't that the trauma caused the stuttering, but that it just caused it to come out and it was always going to come out at some point. There are stutters that are caused by a physical trauma in someone's brain and this can happen at any age. If there is a severe brain injury of some kind, sometimes stuttering can be a result of that. Uh, However, what I'm talking mostly about today is developmental stuttering, so the kind of stuttering that your child already had. Myth number four, stuttering is caused by my child having too much to say or going too fast. I'm sure you've all experienced when you're really excited, really nervous or really tired that your words just don't come out and you seem to stumble over them. This is different from stuttering and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. So what is stuttering and what does it sound like? Stuttering is a neurological condition where there is a disruption to the fluency of speech and it's really important to note that it is involuntary, meaning that the person is not choosing to do it. And like I mentioned earlier, it can be acquired or developmental. There are three types of stutters. The classic stutter that everybody thinks of first is what we call repetitions. This is where you might repeat the first sound or the first word uh, or even a phrase or a sentence and it might be said lots and lots of times. And the thing about a stutter is that it is almost robotic and it can be quite hard to mimic because it is so rapidly repeated. And this is where you get the I, 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 I sort of starts to sentences that you'll hear with your children. The second type of stutter is called a prolongation. So a prolongation is where a sound is held This might be inside a word or it might be the beginning of the word. So I is a really good example of this one. You'll often get kids that prolong the I at the beginning of a sentence. I want that one. And you might even get it on multiple words in a sentence. It's often at the beginning, but not always. The third type of stutter is called a block. This is where no sound comes out. It's often visible. You can see on their face that they're trying to say something, but no sound is coming out. As a result of all three of these stutters, what you might sometimes notice in your kids is what we call secondary features. So this is things like blinking or facial grimaces that come together with the stutters. As with many speech and language conditions, stuttering is an invisible disorder. We can't tell that a person stutters just by looking at them. When they start speaking, 
that's when we notice it. But what you don't see is the anxiety and stress beneath the surface. This can worsen over time, but I'll chat a bit more about that later. Now, I'm sure you've all experienced feeling tired or nervous and hearing some little stutters or mispronunciations creep into your speech. It's pretty much guaranteed that if I start talking about stuttering or mispronunciations, I'm pretty much going to do a little stutter or mispronunciation just because I'm overthinking it. I know I experience this all the time, but imagine this happening all the time, no matter how well rested you are, getting nervous to even try to speak because you just know that that stutter is going to come out and not having the opportunity like you or me to be able to just say it again correctly the second time, because if they try again, they're probably going to stutter again. And then you know the other person is getting impatient or you might even be worried that they might be judging you. Anxiety levels can skyrocket. Something that might disappoint you is the answer to what causes stuttering. Because at this point, we don't know. We do know that it is not psychological, that it is neurological. And we also know that the brain activity is different in those who stutter when we compare to those that don't stutter. We also know that in many cases it is genetic and often a family member has stuttered at some point. Hmm, now... The answer to this next question you might find really interesting. Will my child grow out of their stutter? An amazing study has been conducted here in Australia, over in Melbourne actually, and it's called the ELVES study, which stands for Early Language in Victoria Study. I'll probably be talking about this one a lot when I talk about speech pathology topics because it is massive and has given us so much information as speech pathologists. So basically, they recruited over 1,900 families back in 2003 when the kids were 8 to 10 months old and then followed them up regularly, collecting information about so many different skills until they were four in 2007. They then did some more research from 2008 and again from 2012 as they reached adolescence. Wow. The reason I'm highlighting this study is because it can give us statistics that we would never have been able to achieve before. So back to the question, will my child grow out of it? 65% of children in this study who stuttered grew out of it. It was relatively even between boys and girls, which I found quite interesting. I have read some other research that girls with stronger language skills were more likely to grow out of it on their own without intervention, but I feel more data is needed in this area. The answer to the question is yes, your child might grow out of it, but 
Currently, we have no way of predicting whether your child will be in that 65% of children who grow out of it or not. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm just quickly interrupting to share with you that I hang out on Instagram a lot, like a lot, a lot, and I share as much free information as I can from my perspective as a speech pathologist, and I will even answer your questions in my DMs. So if you've got a quick speech or language question, let me help you get peace of mind and pop into my DMs. Mama, learn something new just by following me. My handle is simply at Alex Tricolo. I want to get stuck a bit more into the nitty gritty that you've probably been looking for. Let's talk first about stuttering therapy approaches. Something that might surprise you is that speech pathologists choose different approaches based on a person's age. Many adults stutter. When we treat adults with a stutter, we don't generally attempt to cure it or get rid of it. Instead, we train them to learn techniques to overcome the stutter. So essentially, the stutter is still there. We've just modified the way they speak to avoid stuttering. And some adults do this so effectively that they almost never stutter. A few fun facts. People don't stutter when they sing whisper or are learning a new accent. Many celebrities have stutters. Marilyn Monroe had a stutter all her life and I do wonder whether this explains her gentle sing-song style of voice. Currently, Emily Blunt and Ed Sheeran have a stutter and are both fantastic advocates as adults who stutter. Now, school-age children and teenagers may be able to be cured of their stutter, for want of a better word. However, the chances of completely eradicating it are quite low. Therapy will be around training them to modify the way they speak in order to be able to overcome their stutter. And this is usually coupled with counselling, as in many cases, children will feel anxious about speaking. Counselling is actually a large portion of our job as speech pathologists and it's something that is incorporated into our university course. Of course, if there are deeper issues around anxiety and even depression, it would be really important for the child to also see a psychologist. Now, preschool and young children can participate in highly successful therapy approaches that in many cases will actually completely eradicate the stutter. And I'm not making this up. These are often behavioral modification approaches and are heavily reliant on parent training to modify what they do at home. Another fact about stuttering is that it often recurs This is something that we prepare parents for. Many children will go through an entire round of therapy for their stutter and by the end be presenting with zero stutters every single day. It's so exciting. And then some will then experience a return of their stutter. This is normal and expected. 
Sometimes the speech pathologist will modify the treatment approach the second time and other times they will repeat the same approach. Approaches that are used before the age of five are typically highly successful and result in lifelong eradication of the stutter. After the age of five, the percentage of children successfully getting rid of their stutter significantly decreases, which is why we change our therapy approaches and why we always encourage early intervention. Between the ages of five and seven, there are some really significant changes in the brain. And it's been suggested that this is why there is that change in the ability to get rid of the stutter because some of that neuroplasticity decreases. When to seek help. I would encourage parents to seek help from a speech pathologist within six months of when you first heard the stutter. You might choose to wait and see if your child will be one of the ones that grows out of it, but this is not recommended. Keep in mind two things. If your child is younger than five, treatment is highly effective. If your child is older than five, they may require lifelong strategies to overcome their stutter and in the meantime may be suffering from increased anxiety and frustration. Ultimately, the decision is up to you. This is the section you've probably all been waiting for. What can you do at home? And a little bit of what not to do. Give your child the time that they need to get their message out. This time may feel like a really long time. I would recommend avoiding telling them to spit it out or hurry up. Also, praise any talking that doesn't include stuttering. You don't have to draw attention to the stutter itself, but instead can say, wow, that was such beautiful talking. I really loved that. And thirdly, slow down your conversations together. And I mean you too. And this is something that you can do without actually even talking about it with your child, but instead is something that you can do just on a daily basis in making an effort to slow down. Another thing you can do is start recording what is happening with your child's stutter. I'll be popping a free downloadable rating and record chart onto the webpage for this podcast. Just go to www.alextricolo.com forward slash two to get it. This can be really useful for you to see whether it is worsening changing or improving and it will be extremely useful if you decide to take your child to see a speech pathologist. I would also recommend if your child is in school speak to their teacher about stuttering. You could even give them a little info sheet but let the teacher know that forcing your child to stand up and speak is not a recommended treatment approach despite any myths that might have been heard along the way, and it can in fact make your child's anxiety worse. It is not something that your child can control. At this point, 
I thought I'd remind you that this podcast does not replace speech pathology services. So that's why you'll notice I haven't given you too much advice as to how to treat your child's stutter at home. This is because I haven't had the opportunity to see your child to assess them or to develop a treatment approach that is perfect for them and for your family. And I can't then provide any sort of follow-up around that to be able to tweak the approaches that I give you. If your child has a stutter and you've been seeing it for six months or even more, now is the time to go and see a speech pathologist so that they can give you the advice that is perfectly tailored for you. Now, I hope this has given you some really good food for thought about stuttering. Does your child have a stutter? If I haven't answered the questions that you have, please let me know. And remember, I provide a transcript of every episode and all the references I have used to back up the evidence I've just spoken about. Just go to www.alextricolo.com forward slash two and you can also grab my free stuttering rating and record chart while you're there. Thank you so much for listening today. Did you learn something new, Mama? I would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already and rate and review while you're there. But while I've got you, I want to know who would you like to hear from or what topics do you want to know more about? Drop me a DM over on Instagram at Alex Tricolo. Until next time, have a lovely week.